Tyler, we're now going to be talking a little bit about the business strategies and the economics uh, within the music industry. So very interesting and uh, enlightening news out of Warner Music Group recently. They are proceeding with a plan to go public. So Warner Music Group uh, gave an initial public offering, an IPO, that is valuing the company at $13.3 billion. Huge. Um, Huge. That listing is planned for the NASDAQ. And the IPO would float 70 million shares, which is about 13.7% of its $23 to $26 a share, which then puts it in that valuation uh, of $13.3 billion. Uh, and even at the lower end of that 23 a share, it was something like uh, 11 point something billion. So regardless, it's in the double-digit billion ballpark for its valuation. Uh, Warner had been going through some shaky times, as had the whole music industry. Uh, it was officially purchased in 2011 by a Russian-owned uh, Access Industries, and that was really at the peak of uh, shakiness for the entire industry. Uh, but since then, uh, Warner has readjusted, and even though in March of, I believe it was last year, things were still a little shaky for them, uh, overall, they've had a pretty major bounce back to the point where they feel confident enough to go public with such a large valuation. And a lot of that can be attributed to the dynamics of the industry shifting and how music is even consumed. Uh, so this is from a New York Times article on the subject. Uh, I've got several little quotes here I want to pull out. Uh, so I'll just mention when I'm quoting specifically from the piece. Here's the first one, quote, The global recorded music business had $20.2 billion in revenue last year, up from $14 billion in 2014. So that's according to the International Federation of the phonographic industry. They're a trade group. Uh, so that huge jump in revenue would make you think, okay, <laughs> struggling music industry in what world? Well, what has helped is streaming. So streaming a decade ago was a negligible source of income and now, quote, represents nearly 80% of retail sales revenue in the United States, according to the Recording Industry Association of America, RIAA. And basically, streaming was what gave the industry uh, lifeblood since the death of the compact disc. And the CD was already feeling decline in like 2001. Uh, so that was when people were still buying CDs as a main source of consuming content. So right. even with digital music downloads and uh, the... Um, the Apple uh, iTunes Store and Napster and, uh, you know, all of the digital uh, access to music giving some revenue or, you know, in the case of <laughs> Napster, LimeWire, like, uh, you know, torrenting and illegally downloading, removing that revenue from the industry, uh, there wasn't any key foothold on how should we be distributing music for the 21st century. And CDs were failing even as they were uh, gaining prominence and were really the main source of physical um, music consumption in the early 2000s, which I think is very interesting. Uh, but yeah, streaming basically resurrected the industry and has given Warner the boost that they're now seeing today. 
Uh, also from this New York Times story, quote, the new format has been a boom for major record companies and music publishers, which collect large licensing payments for the use of their catalogs. Quote, like virtually all music companies, Warner has ridden the streaming wave for its last fiscal year, which ended in September. Warner Music had $4.5 billion in revenue, according to its prospectus. That was up from $3 billion in 2015. So, interesting that Warner is feeling this much success, even amid uh, the coronavirus pandemic, which has taken a huge hit to the music industry since so much revenue also comes from live shows and uh, in-person events but uh, it really is showing how critical streaming has become to the lifeblood of the industry I wanted to get your initial thoughts on that and then I want to break down another dynamic uh, that I think is also critical so yeah what do you think of this uh, this position that Warner is in yeah you know I I think that I think positioning yourself well for for streaming has benefited them, right? Uh, obviously, kind of finding that new revenue stream and really hitting on that in a big way, I think, is is an important thing for them, especially with, as you mentioned, that the the CD kind of dying off, and also just the idea of music ownership dying off. Um, it's not just that the CD went away, but it's also that I don't remember the last time I bought an album on like iTunes or something like that. You know what I mean? Uh, people don't. People aren't just buying music anymore. And I think a lot of this revolves around just the changing listening habits of people as hit radio has has kind of made people more interested in listening to singles and having playlists that can, you know, that consist of the ability to just pick and choose your favorite songs from a bunch of different artists and throw them in a playlist rather than listening through a whole, a whole album. Having a streaming platform makes a lot more sense because it doesn't make sense to buy an entire album just for one or two songs. And I know that you could buy an individual song on iTunes and, and, and that sort of thing. But I think that streaming really hits upon that that major change in the listening habits of the public. And so positioning themselves well for this is, you know, it makes a lot of sense. And obviously with, with Apple Music and with Spotify being such a big deal and major drivers of, of revenue for record companies, it, it makes a lot of sense. But I have a feeling that where you're going with this is kind of where the rub is for me because I think the the people that get really squeezed in this, especially right now when live shows aren't happening, are the artists. And I, I think that there's something to be talked about there when it comes to streaming. Definitely, man. And I also want to highlight just how much streaming has impacted the industry. I mean, like, like you were saying, um, it has become... It, honestly just synonymous with consuming music at this point for the consumer yeah it's very convenient um it's pretty out of sight out of mind even uh the free versions where you have to listen to ads uh i mean people like my mom put up with that for about like 10 years from pandora to spotify she sure. like, just recently bought an actual premium spotify subscription so i was like mom you know come on ads are outdated. However, um, <laughs> like the the whole concept of just being able to pay something once a month and then listen to all the music you want, I totally see how appealing that is. And building a structure around that that is nice for the end user, but even better 
for the supplier of said content seems to be kind of the digital revolution that we see for a lot of services, a lot of consumer conveniences like our one-day deliveries with Amazon or our uh, grocery deliveries with um, uh, Instacart or our fast food deliveries. I mean, all of these uh, consumer conveniences that have become staples often are great for the consumer because it's just like, hey, cool, stuff's convenient for me. They're great for the parent company, but that person in between, which is often uh, the person uh, supplying the service in the first place, they are the ones that end up being affected negatively. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that manifests in different ways. When we look at um, uh, our kind of classic delivery platforms, usually the people that are uh, hurting the most from that are going to be the businesses that get a minuscule cut from the delivery. And then more importantly, the drivers themselves that are doing, uh, you know, relatively low pay work. And especially during a pandemic, you know, that's a whole other dynamic. We're kind of getting a little off topic. But I want to loop this back now to the music industry because the same dynamic manifests itself in the way that streaming pays its artists back. So royalties from each stream are laughably low, Uh, like pathetic. If you are an artist and you think that you're going to make money off of your Spotify streams, you better be making millions on millions of streams daily, uh, or, you know, I I guess at least monthly, for you to have some kind of income that is sustainable. And even then, most people in the industry are making their money off of live shows, they're making their money off of the brand uh, partnerships, and the record labels paying out contracts. So... The money isn't really coming from the streams. For small artists, uh, it basically means you are forced to create your content for free. You have to put it out for free. And then uh, the platforms and the recording groups then get to eat up most of the profits from that, Mm -hmm. as we can see from Warner. Warner is exploding uh, in profitability. Their revenue is up. They're about to go public. Best years in a while. uh, Bouncing back from a, a kind of determined death for the industry, all because of streaming. But is that really benefiting the artists that Warner is able to then capitalize off of by selling uh, the the licensing rights to the music to these platforms? And the answer is often uh, no. I mean, not to say uh, famous artists aren't rich, but they're not getting rich off of the streams. And so therefore it builds a um, it builds dynamic where the streaming, ends up not really affecting the biggest artists or the biggest groups, but if you take that to its log- logical logical conclusion, it's going to affect the smallest artists and uh, the smaller groups, and at the end of the day, that isn't great for the consumer, even if the medium is also very convenient for the consumer. So there's a multi-layered dynamic there that I always think is important to highlight because basically we're seeing Warner's success here because artists are not being compensated in any sort of sustainable way from streaming, but streaming has become profitable for these uh, music groups and 
for the streaming companies themselves also. So kind of a, an unfortunate dynamic there that uh, I say needs solving because I don't think it's sustainable for quality art. You know, I, I, I agree 100% with you. I did a speech in one of my speech classes in college on the uh, the RIAA, the, the aforementioned uh, Recording Industry um, Association of America. And one of the things, it, it centered around the idea of piracy and how the RIAA was going after and suing a bunch of people who had pirated music and things along those lines, claiming that it did massive damage to the music industry, when in reality, it was obvious even then that smaller artists and um, maybe artists that, that weren't already in the mainstream, right? That weren't like hand chosen and it was decided, okay, you were going to be a star, which it feels like happens a lot these days um, where you have your, your you know, Selena Gomez or whoever, you know, it, th- that it was harder and harder to break through that ceiling and become a, a star without having some other kind of previous entertainment type experience or, or, or something along those lines. And so part of their argument was that, oh, you know, this uh, this piracy is really hurting us in terms of, of money. But really, they sold just as much music as they always did. They just released less. And so there's been this downward trend of the amount of music that gets released. And sure, making music, you know, with all of the digital tools becoming more and more accessible, it's easier than ever. And you would have to assume that, you know, people have the ability to create music at a, you know, at a high level with relative ease and with low investment, that there should be more artists coming through. But that doesn't seem to be the case, mainly because of what you're describing, that the path to actually becoming successful as a musician is incredibly difficult if you're not almost already handed that success, if, if that makes sense. And so part of my, my problem with this is that the more that companies benefit on a really high level from streaming the more that you're just going to continue to get the same kind of six seven artists shoved your way um through the you know the larger entertainment mechanism be it radio streaming all of these different things and then it's going to be harder and harder to find that um you know maybe those those smaller niche artists that have that kind of thing that you like if what you like isn't just the top 40 stuff that you already hear a ton of, if that makes sense. So to me, there's there's a, a I don't want to say disturbing, but it's it's a discouraging trend for me in that I, I really like the indie artists. I really like the people that play the small clubs that have a unique style in and of themselves. And I like seeing them be able to be successful and make something of themselves and make more and more music. And with it harder to tour nowadays and you're seeing a lot of smaller kind of concert venues around the country close because of this, because they're not able to, excuse me, stay open through this pandemic, it's going to be even harder for some of these smaller artists to, you know, kind of carve out that path and carve out that road. And so the, as streaming becomes more and more ubiquitous and as more and more people start to just associate music, music consumption with streaming, I do feel like there is a, there there are the negative effects there of just kind of what's the word i'm looking for uh maybe homogenizing uh a lot of the uh what music sounds like and that to me would be to the detriment of of the greater arts community i agree man and i think that's why news like this about warner you know having billions and billions in valuation when you really think about it uh, you know, what is it that gives Warner Music Group $13.3 billion in value? That would have to be the music itself at the end of the day. Without the artists creating this content and without people finding um, 
you know, connection and enjoying that art, uh, there wouldn't be Warner Music Group and there wouldn't be a reason for Warner Music Group to exist. And so it's just extra uh, frustrating that Warner's biggest success comes at arguably one of the lower points for um, paying out artists and reimbursing artists for the content that they create. Um, Even if the streaming platforms do create uh, accessibility and uh, visibility, the material benefits of that access to music are not seen by the artists, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, So... Yeah, it's uh it's interesting to see how streaming is giving life back to these music companies and the largest uh, record labels around, uh, but it's also frustrating to see that that comes at the expense of the artist seeing that money back in their pocket and for them to make more art, they, you know, need that bread. This was a snippet from Business Casual with Daniel Litwin and Tyler Kern, your B2B morning radio show. Tune in Wednesdays and Fridays at 9 a.m. Central on the Simple Radio app or marketscale.com slash industries.